0: Metrosports.tv. Pat and the whole crew there do a fantastic job bringing you live stream local Siouxland sports, stream high school and college sports from any device, tablet, laptop, computer, your television, anything. Metrosports.tv bringing you the best games of the week. Head on over to Metrosports.tv for Plays of the Week, Player of the Game. Our podcast is also on their website as well. Metrosports.tv. Welcome back to episode 25 of In the Crowd Podcast. My name is Tyler Vanderloo. Thanks for tuning in yet again. On today's pod, we have Marquee Sports Network and ESPN sideline reporter, field reporter, Taylor McGregor. If you watch Chicago Cubs games, you're familiar with Taylor or if you've watched Colorado Rockies games in the past, you're, you're familiar with Taylor and her work. She's uh, a tremendous sideline reporter, does her job very, very well. I reached out to her, and uh, she was very gracious to come on and, you know, tell a little bit about what her job is on a daily basis and everything like that. She's involved with the team every single day, travels with the team uh, on the road as well. And then she also does, uh, like I mentioned, she does ESPN college football. Um in the fall, in the uh, winter time, so it was really cool to uh, get connected with Taylor. Uh, she has some awesome stories, and I think you guys will enjoy this one. So sit back and enjoy this podcast conversation with Marquee Sports Network and ESPN's Taylor McGregor. Let's go. Another fine sponsor is the Sioux City Sports Commission. The mission of the Sioux City Sports Commission is to enhance Sioux City's economy, image, and quality of life through attraction promotion of sports-related events. You can find out more information on the Sioux City Sports Commission by visiting visitsiocity.org. Joining us today is uh, Taylor McGregor. She's the Marquee Sports Network. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, this little thing behind me here, uh, the Chicago cubs own network. Uh, she's a field reporter and a studio host, and she also does work for ESPN College Football Reporter. Taylor, what's up? Thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, good to see you. I'm envious of your setup. It looks awesome, way cooler than mine. Nobody can see it, but it's just a, a, a bedroom, and yours looks like a man cave that is filled with Cubs memorabilia, so love it. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for asking me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. I, you know, Obviously, nobody can watch this, but I got the I got the Wrigley scoreboard right behind me on my wall. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Even though all I did was just click buy on an online deal and it showed up two years later. <laughs> I didn't build it or nothing, but anyway, uh, first off, what's it like to work for an organization like the Chicago Cubs? Uh, you know, probably, I mean, they're known globally, worldwide, uh, I mean, that's something that you gotta be pretty proud of. It's so much fun.
1: I wish I have had experiences outside of, of the pandemic because I'm sure I would have met a lot more people to this point, but I did get to go to CubsCon in 2020 prior to the pandemic and just meeting so many huge names. I mean, Ryan Sandberg, Billy Williams. I mean, the names that we all grew up hearing about as absolute legends. Um, and, and the fact that they're just around and then uh, an organization that has so much history dating back to, you know, a hundred years ago is so cool. Um, and then just being around a fan base that is incredibly passionate, there's fans everywhere. You always hear the players talk about going on the road and it feels like a home game because Cub fans are everywhere. And that's really cool that everybody wants to be a part of something that people care about and the Cubs, no doubt, are the franchise that that people care a lot about. So I am super thankful to be a part of the organization, there's no doubt.
0: I saw that firsthand a couple of years ago. Uh, the Cubs played, you know, whatever it is, I'm probably wrong, but it's, was it wasn't like every eight years or so they come to Kansas City. And where I'm located, located at here in Sioux City, Iowa, it's about four and a half hours from my house to Kauffman Stadium and about eight hours or so from my house to Wrigley. So uh, when they when they were in um, KC, I took advantage and drove down, and I saw that firsthand. Now, being in the Midwest here, <clears throat> excuse me, being in the Midwest, there's a lot of Cub fans everywhere, right? But when you walked or, or when I walked into Kauffman Stadium, I was like, you know, holy smokes, there's Cub jerseys and Cub shirts. I mean, way outnumbered all these Royals fans. You know, you, you get to see that firsthand, but you don't get to see every day. So I thought that was, I mean, just unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So the previous two years I was working for the Colorado Rockies and I have firsthand experiences again of Cub fans being everywhere because those tickets were always the quote unquote premium tickets to Rockies games because there were so many Cub fans who wanted to go and you basically could guarantee a sellout at Coors Field because the sheer volume of Cub fans who wanted to see the game. So yeah, it's wild. And and they go to Colorado every year. So it's not like in Kansas city where you only go every eight years and you think, okay, this is an anomaly. No, they go every year. And it's still that way. So uh, it's pretty wild, but it's really cool. And like I said, I am super thankful to be a part of it.
0: You mentioned that you were with the Rockies. I was going to, I was going to bring this up because you know, like I just mentioned about game day atmosphere in Denver and in Chicago, it, you're kind of spoiled because it's not like that everywhere, and especially in the stadium, outside the stadium. Now I understand that you have a job to do, but you know, when your job is over, um, you know, after a game, whatever, you might be able to sneak away to a Murphy's or Covey Bear or something. Or if you're at Coors Field, you can walk across the street and, you know, there's sports column bar, all these, I mean, it's the atmosphere is amazing. Like what was game day or what is game day? Like, um, you know, for you in Chicago, can you do that stuff after games? I mean, or, or you just like, Hey, I go to the ballpark, do my job. And I go home.
1: (laughs) Well, unfortunately I've only been with the Cubs through the pandemic. So last year I didn't do any of that because I didn't want to get COVID and, um, (laughs) And that was, you know, we were very focused on that. And and then this year I've not been vaccinated yet. So still probably going to restrain, but um, ultimately, yes, I 100% will be taking care or taking advantage of Wrigleyville. I've been there as a fan before I got this job. I'd been to Wrigleyville and had so much fun. So we all know how crazy it can get out there on a game day. And so I think, It's just human nature to want to be a part of that, and so yes, I'm working during before and during the game, but afterwards, you know, I'm for sure down to go to sluggers or I like that um, cowboy bar down the road. Um, I had been there several times before the pandemic, so so (laughs) long story short, yes, Yes. I do enjoy Wrigleyville, (laughs) um, and I definitely will more so once you know we can kind of get back to more normalcy.
0: Absolutely. What? Uh, what's your? Um, what is your game day like for a home game at Wrigley Field? Like, take us through that. So, you know, if it's a one o'clock game, what time do you have to be there? What I mean, how much prep goes on for you?
1: So, this, I, I feel like all my answers are going to be like, oh, pre-COVID and then COVID. Yeah. So, pre-COVID, um, it was about four to five hours before, depending upon when the ballpark or when the clubhouse would open up. So usually on day games, um, it's not as far in advance because the clubhouse doesn't open as early, Um, but roughly four to five hours before you go in, go to the clubhouse, gather the sound, talk to the guys you need to talk to that day. And then kind of go to the truck, meet with your producers and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking for today. I want to talk about this. And this guy told me this. And you kind of go over the the storylines that you have for that day. And then usually at that time, I would run upstairs, get something to eat. Um, and then you go back downstairs for the pregame show. You do the pregame show, and then you get ready for the open of the, sh- of the game. You do that. And then once the game rolls on, it's kind of just paying attention to the game and um, figuring out where your stories will go in or, you know, when I'm down in the dugout, which I will be this year. So I'm super excited. I was not last year when you're down there, you know, maybe you see something that one of the guys is doing. And so you're in constant communication with your producers. And I think that's something a lot of people don't know about sideline reporters is, you know, our, we understand that our appearance on TV is limited, but that doesn't mean we don't contribute to the show in a lot of other ways. I mean, like I said, I'll see things and say, hey, show this and have the guys talk about this or, you know, we we relay information, even if we're not the ones saying it on air, there is a lot of information that we relay and I take that seriously, you know, trying to contribute to the broadcast in whatever way I can. So that's during the game and then after the game, um, usually for the post game show you go in and you talk to the guys after the game and, and then you go home so. I usually leave the ballpark probably 45 minutes to an hour after the, the end of the game. So yeah, that's that's a game day pre-pandemic. And then pandemic is different. You, you arrive a little bit later because there's no clubhouse access. So everything's via Zoom. And the nice part about Zoom is you can be anywhere. You can be still at home or you can be at the ballpark if you wanted to be. Um, but really, I just get to the ballpark in time to do my my pregame hit and, and test audio and stuff like that. There is some things that you got to do for the broadcast, but I'm um, definitely not at the ballpark as long as I normally would be. So
0: working, working for uh, a specific team and not, you know, a freelance person or your job with ESPN as well, working for a specific team, it, it's got to be a lot easier to get to You know, for example, the Cubs players, I mean, it's got to be easy to get to Rizzo and Bryant and Baez versus somebody who might work for, you know, a news organization or somebody else. Right. I mean, you do you get like firsthand access at all that stuff just simply because, you know, them personally?
1: Well, that's the goal is to build those relationships and eventually they open up to you and they trust you. And yeah, it's much easier to draw something out of them or or just really get to know them as people and then help people at home understand who they are both on and off the field because that's what I view my job as um yes that's a hundred percent the goal and I think you can look at relationships as a whole and the more time you spend with somebody the more that you're gonna know them and, and trust them and and figure out who they are and and so that's what happens naturally because of the sheer amount of time that you spend around the team I mean you know, I'm going to be doing 140 baseball games this year. So I'll be around the guys basically every single day. And so you just get to know them on, on a, a, a deeper level. Now, again, COVID's so different because it's not that face-to-face interaction. And I really haven't had that with the Cubs because of when I came over. Um, but I think in the long run when things again become more safe and we do get to have more of that human to human interaction that it will be like that. And, and yeah, I think there is um, an advantage to somebody who covers the beat every single day and and knows the players better than um, any, any other members of the media.
0: Yeah. And and you said earlier that, you know, this year that you'll get to be in the dugout and, and, and you probably get, you know, the atmosphere is a little bit, obviously a lot different down there than I think last year I was watching on Marquee, you were like, you would like walk around the stadium and Len and JD would take it to wherever you were standing at. You know what I mean? I almost felt kind of sorry for it because there's nobody in the crowd, <laughs> you know? And th- so how did you, and I mean, there's a game going on obviously, right? But how did you stay locked in with no atmosphere? I mean, there's nobody there.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because I knew going into the season that the lack of energy was going to impact the players. I mean, I was an athlete, granted, I never played professionally or at a super high level, but I remember just little crowds and they get you hyped up. And, And so I could only imagine what it was like being a professional athlete where you, you build off of that energy. And so not having that, I knew it was going to impact them, right? Like, I think we all did but what I grossly miss under, underestimated was how much the energy was going to impact me. And you're totally right. I mean, there was days and we would get to the sixth inning and I was just dragging and I didn't understand why, because it was still the same job. Um, you know, we're still covering baseball, but then, you know, the obvious answer is okay, well, there's no fans. So I think it just surprised me how much I missed that energy and really needed it honestly to get through some of the days. So I am so happy that they're gonna be back. I cannot wait. Um, It's gonna be a great year just to have the fans back and for them to experience it again. You know, I think everybody missed it. Um, I certainly missed having them there And so I can only imagine how much they've missed it. So I'm excited for them that they are going to be back and I'm excited for me selfishly that they're back.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. I would too, it just totally changes. It changes the game, it changes your job and how you report it, it it totally changes everything. Uh, I know we talked before uh, we came on here. So tell everybody, so on road trips, uh, you know, again, pre COVID, right? And hopefully post COVID too, after all this is over with, um, so you travel with the team, uh, explain how all that works. So you, for, for people that obviously don't know, uh, you do get to go to road games and, and cover the Cubs.
1: Yes. So in a normal year, if everything was normal, we would be on the road covering all of the games in the road stadium. Um, we would travel with the teams. So on getaway days, you know, you go to the airport and you get on, the plane, you travel to the city and, um, you know, you normally get in late at night to the hotel and then wake up the next morning and broadcast a game. So yes, that um, would be a total normal part of our routine. And we are with the team. So that helps because just, again, those relationships, they see you. And I think it. players appreciate people who are in the grind with them, right? I mean, I've had players tell me that, you know, we get, you're with us in this and yeah, we're not playing every day, but we're still working every day. And it's a grind for us too. And so I think when they see that, um, it it helps that relationship. And there is some parts of, you know, that, that person that opens up a little bit more just because they understand, okay, you're in this with us. So, um, so yeah, unfortunately we haven't been able to do that the last few seasons, but Maybe by the end of this year, and hopefully next year, that'll be back, and uh, we'll get a broadcast road games from the road stadium.
0: What uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, road stadium? You know, obviously, you spent time in the NL West too with Colorado, and now uh, in the NL Central with with Chicago. So you've been to I don't know if you've been to all, or or but you've been to many. You've been to all the National League ones, I'm sure. What's your favorite uh, favorite road stadium in road city to go to?
1: So when I was in Colorado, I said my favorite road city and stadium to come to is Wrigley. <laughs> I love Chicago in the summer, who doesn't? And Wrigley is a historic ballpark and, and on a, with a packed crowd on a day game, I mean, it doesn't get any better. So now that that's my home ballpark, I get to pick a different one. And I really have enjoyed going to LA. Um, haven't loved the city because I don't feel like we get the full LA experience staying where we stay, but um, I love Dodger stadium. And especially the last few years, the Dodgers are so good and their crowds are massive. And with the Rockies, you know, they would go there late into September. And so the games feel bigger going into September because teams are closer to clinching a playoff spot and what have you. So that was so much fun. And, and I'm sure going to LA with the Cubs is going to feel equally as special because of the two historic franchises. Um, so really looking forward to that. I think the other obvious answer that people say is Boston because of the historic field that is Wrigley or Fenway. <laughs> um, so that that's another favorite. I love the city of Boston, but um, those two for sure. And then I really, I mean, there's, you find your pieces of every city and every ballpark that you enjoy so there's really a part of every place that we go that I'm like oh yeah glad to be here glad to be experiencing this that and the other thing. so I feel super grateful that we do get to travel around the country and experience all the different ballparks because they're all cool um in in one way shape or form so super thankful
0: how do you when baseball season's over how do you then turn to football because I mean it's got to be a totally different way to you know prep for a game you got to know both uh, you know everything about both teams where baseball you're Mm -hmm. strictly focusing on Chicago it's to me that's kind of fascinating how you can just flip the switch and you know do a different sport and cover it totally differently.
1: It is a lot different and you nailed it right on the head with the Cubs you know because we cover them every day like we don't have to do a ton of research every single day because you kind of just know, you know, how KB is doing at the plate, you know how Riz is doing at the plate, you know, how what's happening defensively with the team. So, you know, yeah, you look up different stats and, you know, try to complement some of the storylines with some of the research you do, but you understand the gist of the team because you watch every single game. Now with college football, you do a game every Saturday. So you don't have the opportunity to watch every single game that's happening because you're doing your game. So, you know, we get our assignments on Sunday night for the following Saturday. And usually that Sunday is, I'll go back and and watch the the games, their previous games that season. And um, you reach out to the SID. The SIDs are super helpful. For people who don't know what an SID is, it's a sports information director. Every school has one. And they're kind of the liaison between the media and the team. And so they know everything about the team and, and they will give you that information. They also set up interviews. And so they're really important to what us reporters do. Um, but it is a totally different task. And then I think the thing with, with football, too, is the term sideline reporter is very different in football because you can be down there and really get information that nobody else is getting because you can be right there behind the head coach and you hear the head coach yelling at the quarterback and you know (laughs) you can pick up on that information and then then tell the broadcast and so to kind of set the tone for what's happening down on the field for for even the announcers who don't really know and the people at home who certainly don't know so that part is really cool and um And it's a lot of kind of being eyes in the ears of the sideline. And there certainly is some of that in baseball, but I would say baseball usually lends itself to being more anecdotal. So it's a lot of pre-produced storytelling and gathering a lot of information to tell a story. Um, So they're they're different, but both roles are fun and exciting. And, And it's funny whenever I switch over to college football, like I always say my first game, I spend almost too much time, if that's even possible, preparing for the game because it's the first one and you're not quite in the groove yet of how to do things efficiently. And I get into the game and I'm almost overwhelming myself with information because I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote everything down and I studied this and studied that. And and it's important to be prepared, absolutely. But as a sideline reporter, I think your preparation needs to be um efficient to set you up for the stories that you are going to tell right like I don't need to know x y and z about every last player because I'm not going to talk about every last player yeah it's important to you know have some notes but to really set yourself up for what you're doing and 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 so anyways long story short this the switch is is challenging but it's really fun to cover both and I'm I'm thankful that I get to cover both because this is kind of a dream come true for me
0: I want to go back to what you said when you first started uh, talking about the football you get your assignments on Sunday for a game on Saturday so you literally have no clue where you're going to go I mean do they kind of regionalize it I mean are you do you live in Chicago is that where you live now I mean obviously right
1: yeah I do live in Chicago so last year because of the pandemic they started to regionalize the reporters so Um, That was new last year, and it was kind of to mitigate travel to make sure people weren't flying all across the country if they had a reporter who was more local. So, um, so yes, that is how that worked last year. And I'm assuming I think that's the way it's going to probably work from here on out, maybe with some of the top crew still traveling, like, of course, you see the Maria Taylor's; she's going to travel to wherever the game is that week. Um, But yeah, so so. Sometimes they'll send out a well every week actually they send out a preliminary schedule the Wednesday before so about what is that 10 days before the game, the following Saturday. Um, and that's a preliminary and sometimes your your assignments on there sometimes it isn't but it at least shows the games that are potentially going to be on ESPN. so this past year, I could kind of look at the schedule and be like, okay, I pro, I think they'll probably put me on that game. Or I think I'll probably be on this game. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes I was wrong. So you kind of have an idea. Um, but sometimes you don't, sometimes you wake up and you're waiting for the assignment and, and you're like, oh, wow, I did not think I was going to get that game, but awesome. So, so yeah, it, it, it keeps you on your toes, but that's what I like about it. It's kind of, you know, it's fun and it's exciting and it's college football. So I look forward to having fans back this year because that makes it even more fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about that. That's that's kind of amazing. <laughs> that, you know, and I'm sure people listening right now are going, I had no idea that's how it worked either. I just assumed that you got your, you know, you got you got your schedule for the whole season. So like, OK, you know, like, hey, week three, I'm in Iowa City. Week, you know, I'm going to Michigan, or Ohio State, wherever. But you don't really know that. That's that's kind yeah, of. Yeah, really it's cool. funny.
1: It's funny to explain to even my family because, you know, sometimes we'll have plans and they'll get changed because of the game I'm doing. I have to leave a day prior or what have you. And my mom's always like, what do you mean you you just found out you're going to that game? Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, mom, that's how the business works. <laughs> <laughs> so get used to it. So yeah, it's uh-huh. funny, like fans at home might not know, but my own family doesn't even know.
0: Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll lead you with this uh, two two questions. One, uh, we'll we'll stay with football. What's the best game that you've uh, been a part of as far as uh, help helping with the broadcast of the game?
1: Ooh, as far as helping with the broadcast of the game, um, so so this is you might find this interesting too. But one of the things that provides challenges for reporters is every stadium is different so some stadiums you get really great access where they'll where you can walk right behind the coaches but some of the fields are narrower so they don't allow photogs to walk behind the the bench on the grass they kind of have to go into the stands and there's this walkway so like Oregon is that way for example or Michigan State's that way um, another example so that provides more challenges because you can't get as close um, to some of the action as you would like to, to hear the conversations. But then there's other ballparks or ballparks stadiums that are great. And um, so one of the games that I had was the Cheez-It Bowl two years ago. It was at Chase Field. Was that the cheez way- game? It was what? TCU. No, I think that was the year before okay. so I had Washington state air force. Oh, okay. Um, and air force ended up winning that game. So, um, the way that they had set the field up there, there was room for, for photographers and the reporters to kind of hang behind the bench. And so, Mike Leach is a colorful character in college football. He was still with Washington state at the time. And so I would be right there and I could hear exactly what he was saying to the players. And I think those were some of my best reports I've ever given, because I could say, he just said this to his receivers and they could shoot it and see him saying that stuff to the guys. And so um as far as the content and walking away from a game being like, Oh, I really brought great content tonight. That was probably one of my favorites. Um, As far as the best game I've covered, I loved probably one of my most memorable. It was one of my first games at ESPN. Um, It was BYU Boise state and Boise state was undefeated and ranked in the mountain West and BYU had kind of had a tough start to the season and be, they were hosting Boise state and they ended up beating them. So it was, uh, an upset and there everybody rushed to the field. It was one of those big events. So that was really cool. And again, it was one of my first games. So kind of just feeling the impact of how much people cared about that game. And, um, being there in the action, it was one of the moments I'll never forget. And by the way, it was freezing cold. <laughs> so I think it helped that the game was, it was so intense because it kind of t- took your mind off of how awful the weather was.
0: So you get these really hot July games in, at, <laughs> in baseball, and then you get these really freezing games late in the football season. I love it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Last
0: question. Same, same, same question. Uh, now it's baseball. What you know is there is there a a particular game or or a event that or a sequence that happened in a game or a series that you're like you know what I was really uh, you know jacked or proud to be a part of this?
1: The walk offs are always fun, um, especially the first one when I was in Colorado. Trevor Story hit a walk off, and that was a cool moment. Um, the Rockies were playing really well going into the all-star break. They just swept the Mariners and um, there was kind of a lot of momentum. So those are always fun. Um, even Kyle Hendricks opening day start last year where he went complete game shutout, um, got the dub over the Brewers. That was really cool. Now, of course I wish I could have been there interviewing him, you know, side by side, we had to mic him up. And I felt like it lost a little bit of the the juice that, and the emotion that interviews kind of normally have, but still really fun to be a part of that one. And that was monumental too, because it was the return of baseball after we went several months, not knowing how long it was going to be before baseball returned. If there was even going to be a season um, and then to have opening day without fans, it was just emotional. So I will look back at that one. And um, I don't know if I would use the word proud, but it'll be something that I tell people about moving forward. Um, and then I think the, the games late into September where the team's vying for a postseason spot, like all of those games are so much fun because every pitch matters and you're just so locked in and you feel like people care so much. And again, you want to be a part of something that people care about. And so when they're paying attention and, and, you know, they're so invested into what's happening. It's so much fun. So I hope that's what we get in um, 2021 in September with the Cubs and the NL Central race, because those are really the moments that I live
0: for. I, I 100% agree with you there, uh, Taylor, but anyway, thank you so much for taking time to, uh, to talk to me today. And, uh, I had a lot of fun. My wife and I plan on being in Wrigley at some point this summer. So maybe, uh, 45 minutes to an hour after the game, you can come out and meet us out for a drink or two after the, (laughs) after, after the Cubs win. So.
1: Yes. Yes. You guys will have to let me know when you're in town. That would be awesome. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, Your wife just seems awesome. The fact that she is down for, I'm assuming that's your basement, um, looking the way that it is. So (laughs) shout out to her. Honestly, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, she's a Cubs fan too. She, I think she calls it memorabilia crap is what she calls it. So she goes, you can take your (laughs) memorabilia crap and leave it in the basement. So this is my area that I I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well again thank you so much opening days tomorrow get those boys fired up.
1: Let's go. I'm so excited.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much to Taylor McGregor for coming on this episode of the podcast. You can check her out all season long on the marquee sports network covering the Chicago Cubs.